Central Division Hockey, the podcast, presents a team overview of the 2021 season for all eight of the teams that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22. This standalone edition is for the Colorado Avalanche. A look back at our after-training camp prediction versus how the team did, team milestones, individual award nominees and winners, retirements, hirings, firings, if applicable, as well as the team grades for the GM, head coach, and players by position. Welcome to the 2021 season year-end team podcast for the Colorado Avalanche, presented by Central Division Hockey, the podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. We begin with the podcast after training camp prediction, first in the West Division, regular season results, 82 points, first in the West Division, the 2021 President Trophy winner for most points. Postseason, first round, four-game sweep of St. Louis, second round loss to Vegas, four games to two in the best of seven series. Is Colorado's season a disappointment because they didn't win the Stanley Cup in a cup or bust narrative as the President's Trophy winning team and a legitimate Stanley Cup favorite? Sure, it's disappointing, but the number of people that were saying fire the coach and tossing blame around and suggesting personnel changes that were more in line with the team missing the playoffs than the President's Trophy team really all need to check themselves big time. I did correctly have Colorado winning the West Division in my post-training camp predictions, and it couldn't have been closer. It was by a tiebreaker. And while both Colorado and Vegas were cup darlings outside of Minnesota, the West Division was the weakest last year in the whole NHL. That's facts. Winning the President's Trophy was nice. A season of interdivisional play, it holds the least relevance because everyone didn't play each other. Carolina also, if not resting up for the playoffs, probably could have won if they chose to do so. They didn't, so Colorado was the President's Trophy winner. Colorado was one of the teams that did have a COVID-related shutdown during the season. Multiple teams did, and that did give them games in hand that they won down the stretch to overtake Vegas for top spot. I have said I like the regulation wins tiebreaker. It's one of the few things with the standings the NHL does correctly. What is impressive about the first place West Division season is just the sheer number of spot duty players Colorado had to use while staying near and in the end atop the West Division. There are 15 defensemen that dress for 6D spots. That is best described as a catalog than a list of players. We didn't see Colorado's best six and occasionally the seventh man. We saw a whole lot of them. Fans saw the better half of the AHL Colorado Eagles degrouping games at the NHL level and top prospect Bowen Byram in 19 games played. I think I joked near the season end that getting 2020 draft pick Justin Barron in NHL games was about the only thing left for the Colorado D group organizationally they hadn't done. They also lost vet top four D-man Eric Johnson and they still came through that and finished first. The forward group also had a lot of man games lost and lots of spot duty, but Colorado scored the most goals of any NHL team while leading the NHL in the fewest shots on goal and a healthy Philip Grubauer in 70 plus percent of regular 
regular season games, put together a career-best Vesna-nominated season. Colorado owned St. Louis in a sweep in round one as expected, but against a well-built team, the combo of vet defenseman Johnson, fourth-liner Matt Calvert, and Nazem Kadri's suspension that weakened the Colorado top six gave Vegas the edge to knock off Colorado in six. All of those things, I think, have to happen to swing the series, and that, and defensively, Colorado didn't have an answer for Vegas's second line. However, that doesn't mean you go and fire your head coach or even contemplate it over a pair of games that didn't go Colorado's way in a tough series. Positionally, Colorado's starting goalie was Vesna Kalber. The young defensive group was cornerstone by a Norris nominated and the only point per game defenseman. And your top center was a Hart Trophy nominee again. And his linemate was one of only five players to hit 30 goals over the entire NHL in the shortened season. That tells you the core group of players and across the board positionally are exceptional ones. Devin Taves addition, another great piece towards a championship team. The value of Eric Johnson being able to play to me is the biggest loss. Nazem Kadri's suspension to be unable to play versus Vegas greatly affected Colorado's top six and the trickle down to the top nine subsequently of the forward group. It's those unexpected losses that contribute to falling short. They could have still won the series, but the collective step up that during the regular season had them first wasn't duplicated against a really good hockey team that had more of its best pieces at its disposal during that series. The young age of the D group missing top four Johnson can't be mitigated by a bottom pair addition Patrick Nemeth. Adam Graves and actually Ian Cole as a bottom pair with Johnson in good health, I think looking back, was the most ideal six group for Colorado. That's not the hand Colorado was dealt. There is growth to be made with the middle forward group that during the regular season pulled its weight, but did get quiet in the Vegas series. There is quality NHL players here. I think the injuries, and I think Colorado most nights was closer to 10 regulars than 12 of the forward group, but the coach sheltered the fourth line minutes of injury replacement players well for what they could bring to the lineup. Here's an example. Use the average time on ice of Matt Kelvert, a proven fourth line NHLer, at 13 minutes 49 seconds time on ice per game this past year. The team's 13 forward, Logan O'Connor, essentially the first guy to slot in for a forward group injury, 10 minutes 56 seconds average time on ice per game this past year. And then look at AHL organizational depth player Kiefer Sherwood at 8 minutes 48 seconds average time on ice per game this past year by comparison for essentially a fourth line role spot on the wing. When players who were not as experienced or simply not as good of a player, Colorado had them in the lineup but used them relative to the max abilities with their time on ice. The burden on your top minute guys is increased when Matt Calvert can't play. You don't really think about it, but there is an example of an average five minutes that you are going to positionally need to get covered between Sherwood playing instead of Calvert. It also collectively adds up. So those ungraded forwards listed in less than 10 games played of varying age and skill sets is lengthy. 
on this Colorado team. Add top prospect Alex Newhook, 20 in that mix. Colorado still was the West Division leading team and had the most points in the NHL. A top-tier cup-contending team that did it while facing a comparative number of challenges to other teams, but they still handled them for the regular season at least the best. Individual award nominees Nathan McKinnon, Hart Trophy awarded to the NHL's most valuable player. McKinnon finished third in voting. Edmonton's Connor McDavid who ellipsed the 100 point mark in the 56 games played shortened season took every first place vote to win the award. Kale McCarr was nominated for the Norris Trophy awarded to the NHL's best defenseman pretty much the one with the most points in actuality. McCarr was the only point per game player nominated and finished second place in voting with 655 to winner New York Rangers Adam Fox with 743 total votes. The breakdown, McCarr had 31 first place, 32nd place votes, and 22 third place votes. Fox, not surprisingly, led all NHL defensemen in points this past season. However, he had only 47 points in 55 games played, while McCarr had 44 points in 44 games played. I didn't watch a game of the East Division last year, so I'll just keep my opinion to myself. Philip Grubauer was nominated for the Vesna Trophy, voted by the NHL GMs for the best goaltender. Grubauer finished third behind Tampa Bay's Andre Vasilevsky and winner Vegas's Mark Andre Fleury. He had two first place votes, six second and eight third place votes. He had a career year, as you will find out when we get to the player grades. Retirements? Matt Calvert announced his retirement July 22nd after 11 NHL seasons due to career-ending surgery. In 566 career games played, he had 203 points and 17 points in 32 postseason career games played. Calvert spent eight seasons with Columbus, who drafted him before three seasons with Colorado. An energy bottom six player, he scored double-digit goals in six seasons, missed that mark by one goal in three seasons, with nine in all those and only in two seasons ones where he played under 20 games played did he not reach that goal mark to describe the consistency he had as a player you're listening to central division hockey the podcast and our year-end focus podcast for colorado when we return the first team grades for the 2020-21 season for colorado take advantage of johnson and johnson's winter wellness event and get rewarded it pays to be prepared for the season Get sweet deals from Johnson & Johnson's Winter Wellness Event now through December 3rd. If you purchase $15 or $25 of participating products at BJ's, you can get a $5 or $10 reward. Plus, you can even enter to win a Visa Rewards card. Purchase at BJ's, upload your receipt, and choose your reward. It pays to be prepared at BJ's. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. 
Only at bartesian.com slash holiday. Welcome back to Central Division Hockey, the podcast and our 2020-21 year and focus podcast for Colorado. Each of the eight teams that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22, we look back at the GM coach and players and give them a ranking for last season. It's what we call the team grades. About the formula, the GM and coach grades are out of 100, as is each position based on a 12-forward 6D lineup. Colorado did occasionally deploy an 11-forward 7D set, but that was the exception, not the rule. The goalie mark is by game started, so Philip Grubauer makes up the ball of it while the three unmarked goalies that remained individually ungraded because of limited games started were given grades to account for the final goalie overall grade. The D group is weighted heavier for the top three and just a touch less for the fourth of the top four and then the bottom pair. Factoring in injuries, I attempted to use the next guy up related to games played loss to balance it. The same idea with the forward group, the top line, time on ice weighted most, the bottom line given the least weight to the forward group mark, the top six and bottom six marks listed are not simply divided equally but distributed as a four line 12 forward set reflecting time on ice the top line minutes really should be valued at a third of the total value because that best reflects mckinnon ratnan and landeskog's actual average time on ice and impact gm joe sakic the offseason moves both the trade for forward brandon sod from chicago for defenseman nikita zadaroff and the trade for defenseman devin taves for picks from the new york Islanders were at the brilliant level we've come to expect from GM Sackick. He bolstered his top six with Saad while only taking on five million of the cost and moved a five-six bottom pair defenseman as a return. For a pair of seconds, Sackick then acquired a top pair defenseman addition from the Isles. Colorado had a cup winner top six forward in the mix to provide more support for his top line. Taves ended up playing the most time on ice and Colorado losing defenseman Eric Johnson still had a very good top four because Taves was there. It would be better with both, but Colorado remained a cup contender because it could withstand Johnson's injury better. The in-season trade for defenseman Greg Patterin from Minnesota for defenseman Ian Cole as a cost saver was a head shaker and a downgrade. Cole was a vet capable bottom pair D-man. With Johnson's injury, he would have been better to have. Acquiring Jonas Johansson short up the back up goalie spot with Pavel Frankos injured for the season. The deadline deal of bringing in vet Devin Dubnik in return for defenseman Greg Patterin wasn't worth talking about, and thankfully, Philip Grubauer stayed healthy. Patrick Nemeth and Carl Soderberg should have filled the bottom pair and fourth line, but Cole would have been more valuable, and Matt Calvert's season-ending injury wasn't aided with Soderberg, who was playing good in the bottom six in Chicago. Essentially, the big offseason pieces were magic to the mix, and any other supporting cast spot was as good to be left to organizational depth or top prospects who were system ready and hungry to be a part of a winning team. The exception backup goaltender Hunter Miska, who it was the lesser known Johansson, not Dubnik, that solved that issue, and Dubnik wasn't even worth pursuing to be the backup ahead of Johansson. All the other in-season tinkering to improve didn't have the desired effect. GM Sackick a bit guilty of trying to do too much. His off-season moves had the team stayed in better health, i.e. Eric Johnson, Matt Calvert, and Pavel Frankos was definitely more than good enough to win the cup, and additionally, Nazem Kadri's suspension again took enough pieces away that Vegas knocked Colorado out. That's simply things not in the GM's control. 80 out of 100. Head coach Jared Bednar, even without his expected backup, he managed 
managed starter Philip Grubauer's game played well, getting him in just over 70% of the shortened season games. Backup Hunter Miska's last start, he gave up four goals to Anaheim in the first mid-March. Bednar put Grubauer in and Colorado came back and won the game. They won the President's Trophy on a tiebreaker. There's a coaching move that gave Colorado two points in net. It's a catalog of 15 defensemen for six spots on a team that defensively allowed the NHL's fewest shots on goal. Bednar had to adjust to losing top four D-man Johnson and an entirely revolving bottom pair throughout the year because of moves and injuries. Pay attention to the average time on ice, how it was maximized by Colorado and the D group. That's good coaching to identify the max ability level of upper minutes depending on who was available. The forward group, he also had a lot of injuries and he still during the season found the combination to have Colorado lead the NHL and goal scored. Yes, the top line gave a solid base most nights to work off of, but there is secondary scoring and a lot of players who had spot duty. The other thing Bednar did is to get top prospects Bowen Byram and Alex Newhook in games and in spots to help the team win. It helped their development, it didn't cost the team points, and it even had fans wishing the 20-year-olds were playing more. There was critics quick to say that he was outcoached by Vegas. While we could say he maybe could keep the top line together that was getting shut down in the Vegas series, other players while missing the second line center, Kadri, needed to shut down Vegas's second line and collectively get that secondary needed scoring. The other part of that is simply realizing Vegas was also a cup contending team, top to bottom as well. There is way too much to like with Bednar behind the bench of this group, a President's Trophy winning team and a legit cup contender that that he is much a valuable piece of 90 out of 100. Long-term injured reserve backup goalie Pavel Frankos didn't play, dressed briefly as the backup was hurt in practice with a lower body injury and underwent surgery in mid-April. Eric Johnson played four games played and had an upper body injury keep him out the remainder of the season. Goal, Philip Grubauer, 1.95 goals against average, 8.922 save percentage, 40 games played, 39 games started, 39-1 record, 7 shutouts, 77 goals against. I call Grubauer Colorado's MVP most of the past season. And just compare Grubauer's stats in front of the same team as Hunter Miskas, who started the year as Colorado's backup. It's night and day. Grubauer had the best goals against average of goalies playing 25-plus games, was second in wins, and tied for first in shutouts in the entire NHL. He had 12 more wins in only four games played than the season prior, and five more shutouts. He provided Vesna-caliber goaltending and carried most of the workload over 70% of Colorado's games, while he put up career numbers for the season. In the postseason, 10 games played, 6 wins, 4 losses, 2.61 goals against average, 0.914 save percentage, 0 shutouts, 94 out of 100. Overall, 83.2 out of 100. Grubauer was outstanding and a pillar for Colorado between the pipes while carrying the bulk of the games played. The only concern was a backup situation as Miska's starts at the beginning of the year weren't close to adequate. Colorado traded in season for Jonas Johansson, who did play better and still added Devin Dubnik at the trade deadline and he wasn't as good as Johansson but slightly better than Miska. The biggest worry was Grubauer getting injured and that didn't happen as he was instrumental in Colorado grabbing the president's trophy with a career year. 
unmarked goalie depth. Jonas Johansson, 2.06 goals against average, 0.913 save percentage, seven games started, 5-1-1 one one record, one shutout, 15 goals against. His stats last season with Colorado, not including Buffalo. Johansson was picked up midseason due to Miska's poor performance and in limited starts, Johansson picked up wins, only losing once in regulation, had a shutout, and won games upon his arrival from Buffalo. Devin Dubnik, a 3.26 goals against average, a .886 save percentage, five games started, 3-2-0 record, zero shutouts, 16 goals against. Those stats for last season with Colorado, not including San Jose. Johansson's success didn't stop GM Joe Sackett from adding goalie insurance at the trade deadline in Dubnik from San Jose. He wasn't good with a goals against average over three and a save percentage under 900 in five starts. He was placed on the COVID protocol list just before the postseason and he returned to backup Grubauer but didn't see on ice action. Hunter Miska, 4.16 goals against average, 0.838 save percentage, five games started, a 1-1-2 record, zero shutouts, 18 goals against. Miska resigned a two-year low-cost deal in the offseason that flew under the radar, but because of backup goalie Pavel Frankos's injury, Miska had an opportunity at the backup role at the NHL level. His stats were awfully below, even less than adequate, the NHL average, and finally Colorado went and found a backup goalie, and then some. Defense, Kale McCarr, 24 minutes, 19 seconds average time on ice, 44 games played, 8 goals, 36 assists, 44 points, 36 block shots, plus minus plus 17, point per game production and 2 assists shy from his previous year total where he had 50 points in 57 games played. He didn't reach double digit goals and was second in goals of the Colorado D group. He was first in points. He missed 12 games played or it's likely he does lead Colorado D men in goals. McCarr plays top pair minutes and he's only 22 and already one of the premier D-men in the National Hockey League. He is still a few years away from his prime years, that there is still a growth and development curve to come. The question is just how much better will he be than he already is as a cornerstone of the Colorado D-group now. It was the final year of his entry-level contract, so he will now need to be paid as the top pair defenseman he is. Postseason, 10 games played, 2 goals, 8 assists, 10 points, 13 block shots, 24 minutes, 24 seconds, average time on ice 90 out of 100 Devin Taves 24 minutes 46 seconds average time on ice 53 games played 9 goals 22 assists 31 points 87 block shots plus minus plus 29 the traded for Taves was an upgrade to the Colorado D group and its value with Eric Johnson on IR made it even more so Taves led the Colorado D group in goals with 9 and had the most average time on ice of the group at just under 25 minutes per game that was over a 4 minute increase per game average from the year prior with the Islanders. His defensive play had him close to second in block shots and first in plus minus of the Colorado D group. Taves was tied for the second best plus minus for the NHL and best for all NHL defensemen. It was plus 12 better than Makar who was second on the D group on the team. His contract is full value at just over $4 million per for his elite two-way game. Taves is in his prime years now at 27. Postseason, 10 games played, one goal, five assists, 
six points, 11 block shots, 25 minutes, 25 seconds. Average time on ice, 86 out of 100. Sam Gerrard, 23 minutes, 13 seconds. Average time on ice, 48 games played, five goals, 27 assists, 32 points, 52 block shots, plus minus plus 15. Less than two points than the year prior. However, that regular season, Gerrard played 22 more games, so his point production was improved this past year. He scored one more goal as well. Gerrard missed seven regular season games played. His skills as a quick puck moving second pair defenseman shouldn't be undervalued. He was second in assist and points of all the Colorado D group and is a capable top four NHL defenseman. He is only 23. He also isn't much older than Makar. Gerard's time on ice average went out five seconds shy of two minutes average per game and he took on more responsibility. He is locked up long term like Makar. He is actually not quite into his prime playing years yet. He hasn't reached his plateau and depth chart wise as a second pair defenseman he is excellent value he would have missed that eric johnson as a defensive partner this past season as well postseason 10 games played five assists five points 14 block shots 22 minutes 21 seconds average time on ice 77 out of 100 ryan graves 19 minutes three seconds average time on ice 54 games played two goals 13 assists 15 points 91 block shots plus minus plus 15 you can think of because of johnson's injury graves is the Colorado other top four defenseman from last year. He was only seven seconds more in average time on ice between the two seasons. His point per game also was lower from the regular season prior where he had nine goals in 69 games played while just having two goals this past year in 54 games played. At 26, his time on ice shows an effort to shelter his minutes just under the 20 minute mark of top four value. He really was meant to be the fifth defenseman depth wise. Injury required him to play up and he played decently when he had to his 91 block shots led the colorado d and he brought physicality with 77 hits tops of the d group but is at times undisciplined with his play his 55 penalty minutes led colorado as well better value than departed nikita zadaroff but graves at three million plus per is a bit pricey for a bottom pair d man even one that can play the max minutes in that five spot postseason 10 games played one goal five assists six points 18 minutes 31 seconds average time on ice 70 out of 100 jacob mcdonald 14 minutes 57 seconds average time on ice 33 games played one goal eight assists nine points 31 block shots plus minus plus 14 primarily a minor leaguer 28 year old defenseman mcdonald came up during injuries and played good in a bottom pair capacity that had him see the fifth most games played for the colorado d group during the regular season he had a goal added points and was plus 14 because he was defensively responsible if anyone took advantage of the opportunity to get the play it was mcdonald who was well down the depth chart at the beginning of the season his ahl stats with the colorado eagles the year prior did offer insight that he had potential bottom pair nhl value it also while other prospects get more attention for their development curve shows colorado's de organizational depth includes some in prime age minor leaguers with value as well 61 out of 100 connor timmons 13 minutes 33 seconds average time on ice 30 one games played seven assists seven points 22 block shots plus minus plus six i expected timmins to be 
in the Colorado regular 6D group all year. He struggled at the beginning and was sent down to further develop before returning and looking more like the D-man I was expecting. Still, he was used in limited minutes and only saw 31 games played, even while Colorado dealt with injury issues on the back end all season. Simply, it was a missed opportunity for the 22-year-old prospect to solidify being an NHL regular, and I still think that he does project to be one someday. The development curve to being a top four defenseman, however, has quite a way to go based on this past season when he couldn't lock down consistency as a bottom pair defenseman. He was a postseason regular, but in very limited average time on ice. Postseason, 10 games played, zero points, six block shots, 10 minutes, 46 seconds average time on ice, 58 out of 100. Overall, 74.9 out of 100 weighted. 15 defensemen used for 6D spots on a team that won the President's Trophy and had the fewest average shots on goal per game in the National Hockey League. Just think about that collective accomplishment. Not one defenseman suited up for every game played in the regular season, and the team didn't have its true top four because Eric Johnson's injury. The value of adding Devin Taves was huge with Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, and Ryan Graves because it provided Colorado with a near top four group group in Johnson's absence. While Connor Timmons struggled early, prospect Boehm Byram played well. Trading Ian Cole wasn't ideal, and grabbing Patrick Nemeth at the deadline was as close to a bottom pair replacement as could be obtained at the time. Minor league depth Jacob McDonald, especially in Dan Renouf, played good when called upon, but by year's end, you pretty much had an overall view of Colorado's organizational D-depth from the top pair to four deep plus of the Colorado Eagles and top defense prospect Bowen Byram as well. Colorado did have a set 6D group for the playoffs. Ungraded defense depth Bowen Byram, 17 minutes, 31 seconds, average time on ice, 19 games played, 2 assists, 2 points, 13 block shots, plus minus plus 1. 20-year-old top prospect Byram didn't look out of place seeing just under 20 games played this past year. An injury kept him out, and he didn't return to seeing playing time at the NHL level. His average time on ice was near what a top bottom pair defenseman would play. His development curve puts him as a top 4 top pair defenseman. The D-group left-hand side with Taves and Gerard holding those two spots currently gives him time not to be rushed there wasn't a reason at his age to be having him be an everyday regular Dan Renouf, 10 minutes, 10 seconds average time on ice, 18 games played, 3 assists, 3 points, 3 block shots, plus minus minus 1. If McDonald was a ways down the Team D organizational depth chart, Renouf was just below McDonald on mine at the beginning of the year. He suited up for 18 games played because of injuries and in limited bottom pair minutes was serviceable while collecting 3 assists. Much like McDonald, a minor league left-hand defenseman in his prime years, he really is best used limited when in a pair. He isn't an NHL caliber everyday bottom pair defenseman, and he still needs to be sheltered minute-wise for that reason. Patrick Nemeth, 16 minutes, 51 seconds average time on ice, 13 games played, one goal, one assist, two points, 20 block shots, a plus minus plus six. Trade deadline acquisition, Nemeth returned to Colorado. The veteran bottom pair minute player was serviceable. While he was an upgrade to, say, Greg Patteron, who was dealt away at the deadline, 
both the men with NHL experience. The more costly Ian Cole, who was dealt away early in the season, was the best of the three. Postseason, 10 games played, 1 assist, 14 block shots, 15 minutes, 46 seconds, average time on ice, as Nemeth played all the postseason for Colorado. Greg Patteron, 14 minutes, 22 seconds, average time on ice, 8 games played, 0 points, 15 block shots, plus minus minus 2. Patteron was a downgrade from Cole at lower cost, was limited to 8 games played, and then shipped off to San Jose as part of Colorado getting another former Minnesota player, goalie Dubnik, at the deadline, all of which were depth moves that didn't amount to anything that keeping Cole would have had the most value as a reliable bottom pair defenseman regular. Kyle Burroughs, 10 minutes, 5 seconds average time on ice, 5 games played, 1 assist, 1 point, 2 block shots, plus minus plus 1. Burroughs looked adequate in the 5 games played he saw in limited bottom pair minutes. I think he was comparable to Renouf in the quality of overall play he provided. His inclusion on the lengthy D-group catalog gives you the reality of the man games lost in Colorado over the shortened season more than anything else. Eric Johnson, 13 minutes, 26 seconds, average time on ice, four games played, one assist, one point, five block shots, plus minus plus two. Johnson would have projected into the second pair top four of this Colorado D-group, but spent the year mostly on long-term injured reserve. His time on ice is low simply because of the games he was injured in and an attempt to return in low minutes that ended up confirming he needed further recovery time. As good as Colorado was, his loss was more substantial than a lot of people realize. Dennis Gilbert, 6 minutes, 43 seconds, average time on ice, 3 games played, 0 points, 1 block shot, plus minus 0. Part of a minor league D swap with Chicago, Gilbert, 24, played low minutes in 3 games and was less than serviceable because at under 7 minutes, it's well, well under 10 minutes, and that's really the low benchmark minutes for a bottom pair D-man at the NHL level. Keaton Middleton, 9 minutes, 18 seconds average time on ice, 3 games played, 0 points, 1 block shot, plus minus minus 1. Middleton's big value was his size at 6'5", and at 23 now, he is a developing D-man still, who at least also was closer to the low-end bottom pair NHL minutes in 3 games played. He still isn't quite ready to be a capable bottom pair NHL defense regular yet. Ian Cole, 14 minutes, 37 seconds average time on ice, 2 games played, 0 points, two block shots plus minus zero. Cole played two games before being dealt to Minnesota for Patteron. You can listen to how his year went in the Minnesota team overview where he was a valuable everyday bottom pair defenseman forward top six nathan mckinnon 20 minutes 22 seconds average time on ice 48 games played 20 goals 45 assists 65 points eight power play goals plus minus plus 22 a 20 goal season fifth in the nhl with 45 assists and finished second on colorado in points while missing seven games played and finished eighth in points for the nhl this past regular season he also had a 5.5 percent increase in his faceoff win percentage in just over 20 minutes average time on ice he was nine seconds less his average time on ice from the year before mckinnon is simply as his heart trophy nomination indicates without question one of the nhl's best centers he also makes up the centerpiece to the nhl's best line with rantanen and landeskog they simply pace set the colorado offense as a trio that is next to impossible to contain at 25 mckinnon is now just coming into his prime and on a team-friendly contract he is the definition of a complete 
Point Center postseason. 10 games played, 8 goals, 7 assists, 15 points, 20 minutes, 45 seconds, average time on ice, 94 out of 100. Miko Rantanen, 19 minutes, 55 seconds, average time on ice, 52 games played, 30 goals, 36 assists, 66 points, 9 power play goals, plus minus plus 30. Rantanen was 5th in goals in the NHL this past year, and only 5 reached that 30-goal mark. He finished a point ahead of McKinnon for the Colorado team lead in points in 6 games more than McKinnon. He averaged just under 20 minutes average time on ice, a second shy of a minute more from the year prior. Rantanen had 11 more goals and only playing 42 games played the year prior by comparison. Rantanen both led the team and NHL in plus minus at plus 30. He tied for fifth in the NHL in points this past season. He is 24 now and he's still not in his prime years as a player quite yet. And that tells you that the expectation for the goal and point production continuing is expected. He hasn't had his career year yet we would expect and with his elite level line mates his point and goal production will continue over two-thirds of his goals were five on five in the regular season postseason 10 games played five goals eight assists 13 points 21 minutes 22 seconds average time on ice 92 out of 100 Gabriel Landeskog, 19 minutes, 57 seconds, average time on ice, 54 games played, 20 goals, 32 assists, 52 points, 9 power play goals, plus minus plus 14. The captain reached 20 goals and was just shy a point per game player production that his line mates did surpass. The trio did all reach 20 plus goals collectively. Landeskog is in his prime years now at 28. His leadership and elite level consistent play set a high standard for the Colorado group to follow by example and also at just under 20 minutes average time on ice per game he remains a top line player he had 44 points the year prior to this past year's 52 points in the same 54 games played to put perspective on how good last season was in near identical time on ice average when the three are together they really are currently hockey's best top line some teams have formidable duos but not the top line trio colorado has enjoyed postseason 10 games played four goals nine assists 13 points 20 minutes 28 seconds average time on ice 85 out of 100 andre burakoski 15 minutes 6 seconds average time on ice 53 games played 19 goals 25 assists 44 points plus minus plus four the top lines dominant makes you forget burakoski just missed the 20 goal mark by one goal himself this past year he had 20 in the year prior in 58 games played compared to the 52 games played this past year in six seconds less average time on ice he did match his his assist total so was a point shy of the same point totals over each season he doesn't have as strong a two-way game but he is absolutely a top six nhl player and he is paid to be one he still can be streaky at times with his goal production but it always comes out all in all at a good value each season overall since he's arrived in colorado at just over 15 minutes average time on ice a game that's the other positive he's doing it in second line time on ice usage he at 26 is in his prime year and is generating offense as he is expected to at least in the regular season postseason 10 games played one goal three assists four points 13 minutes 29 seconds average time on ice 78 out of 100 nazim Kadri, 16 minutes 28 seconds average time on ice 56 games played 11 goals 21 assists 32 points plus minus minus seven Kadri reached double digit goals but his 11 goals in 56 games played were a drop from the 19 goals in 51 games played from the regular season prior 
fire while three seconds shy, a minute less in average time on ice per game. He had a 4% decrease in faceoff win percentage, but was still a respectable 52.8 win percentage with only Pierre-Edouard Belmer ahead of him of the regular Colorado centers. Defensively, he wasn't as good a two-way player as he has been previously, a team worth minus seven plus minus. He still was four points back of his point total from the regular season prior in five more games played. His a slight down year also didn't include a playoff like in the Edmonton bubble either, where he was exceptional. Instead, a high hit had him suspended by the NHL Player Safety Department, and he missed all of Colorado's postseason games playing in just the first two. Postseason two games played, one assist, 13 minutes, five seconds average time on ice. Of course, he didn't finish the second game. That affects that time on ice average, 70 out of 100. Brandon Saad, 14 minutes, six seconds average time on ice, 15 goals, nine assists, 24 points, plus minus plus one. The traded for addition, Saad provided a solid second line Vet Cup winner presence. Saad had 15 goals compared to his 21 goals in Chicago the year prior, but in 14 more games played. He missed 12 games played of the short and regular season this past year in his first with Colorado. At 28, he still has top six value and contributed while playing a strong two-way game. His time on ice was also down over two minutes per game from the year prior in Chicago. It increased in the postseason by over a minute and he had seven goals in 10 games played as he elevated his game for Colorado in the playoffs this past year and that was his most valuable contribution and when it is the best time to do it. He was the top six addition at Colorado. Colorado expected him to be all in all. Postseason, 10 games played, 7 goals, 1 assist, 8 points, 15 minutes, 15 seconds average time on ice, 67 out of 100. Overall, 81.6 out of 100 weighted. Top six was very complete for Colorado this past regular season. The goal production of the top line was unmatched, certainly in the West Division, if not the NHL as a whole. There was good second line production. It's worth noting that between McKinnon and Saad's missed time, the group didn't get to always play without a player such as Jonas Donskoy having to play up the lineup, for example. Even in that reality, it still was a top six group with high end talent and goal production ability. The final forward mark. Will hybrid Donskoy in its analysis for that reason. It looks like a top six of a President's Trophy winning team for that same reason. It's not the only reason, but it's as key to it as the D group and Grubauer to be able to be so. Bottom six, Jonas Donskoy, 14 minutes, 32 seconds, average time on ice, 51 games played, 17 goals, 14 assists, 31 points, plus minus 14. In a minute, 45 seconds, approximately less time on ice from a year prior, Donskoy scored one more goal and had only two points less than 51 games played as he did in 65 games the year prior. That was a point production increase between the two seasons and great time on ice usage. It also wasn't dependent on where Donskoy slotted in the Colorado lineup. He looked comfortable top six or top nine. I have him in the bottom six because the other top six players made more salary last year, but he was often playing effectively up the lineup. He put up near top six point production, but definitely was full value top nine. A part of his contributions are secondary scoring as it should be. He finished this past year with more goals than top six players Kadri and Saad during the regular season on a team capable of goal production. Postseason, 10 games played, three goals, two assists, five points, 14 minutes, 33 seconds, average time on ice, 68 out of 100. JT Confer, 14 minutes, 13 seconds, average time on ice, 48 games played, 10 goals, 8 assists, 18 points, plus minus plus 10. Missing 7 games played, Confer reached double digits in a primarily top 9 role, also decent secondary scoring. He had one more goal 
goal in 19 more games played the year prior. He also played two minutes less average time on ice per game, but had a dip in his point production from the previous year. He still contributed a strong two-way game that for his 3.5 million salary is in line with a quality third liner comparable, or should we say comparables instead. It's not overvalued, but it's definitely isn't undervalued for top nine usage. Quietly adds rather consistent play that because of this Colorado team's star power has an underappreciated value, probably because someone else is often having a big night on conference good ones. Postseason, 10 games played, one goal, one assist, two points, 15 minutes, 43 seconds average time on ice, 62 out of 100. Valerie Nishnushkin, 14 minutes, five seconds average time on ice, 55 games played, 10 goals, 11 assists, 21 points, plus minus plus nine. Nishnushkin is noted for his strong defensive play. He also reached double digits in goals and his usual goal to assist equal ratio. He had 13 goals in 65 games played to his 10 goals in 55 games played. His time on ice was one second from being identical from this past year to the last. His usage is a minute less than 15 minutes that often are third line benchmarks. The top line plays more in Colorado and the fourth line as well and that keeps the third line minutes on Colorado a touch under when it's distributed over the forward 12. Nishnushkin was reliable but a touch under half point production that should be better for a top nine player and while he's solid defensively he wasn't exemplary this past year either. In his prime he could do a bit more on offense and defense with his game for better value. Postseason 10 games played one goal two assists three points 15 minutes 37 seconds average time on ice 63 out of 100. Tyson Joes 14 minutes 7 seconds average time on ice 54 games played 7 goals 10 assists 17 points plus minus plus 14. Jost had a touch more responsibility and time on ice this past year. His seven goals in 54 games, one shy of the eight goals in 67 games played the year prior. He had a minute more average time on ice per game. At only 23, he looked like a third line top nine option, more so than a fourth liner during this past season. He needs to have better point production to do it more regularly. However, he showed the promise that he can develop to be that player. It also is still to be determined if he is better suited at center or on the wing, but he was just under 47 percent face-off win percentage this past year so his ability to play either is another asset the other thing worth noting is that at least the last couple of years the colorado forward group wasn't exactly easy to crack to get playing time on ice he looked good as an everyday regular so his development is going the right direction postseason 10 games played two goals two assists four points 15 minutes 41 seconds average time on ice 61 out of 100 pierre edouard belmer 11 minutes 20 seconds average time on ice 53 games played nine goals two assists 11 points plus minus plus six Belmer equaled his goal production with nine goals in 53 games played from the regular season prior in 69 games played his assist totals were much lower this past year the vet fourth line center was 60.7 percent in face-off win percentage to lead Colorado he also played five seconds shy of two minutes less average time on ice per game at 36 he still was a valuable fourth line center in goal production and in the face-off dot as well as being defensively decent. His assist drop might accurately be due to missing regular linemate Matt Calvert for the better part of the regular season. It's fair to say linemate replacements didn't finish at the same rate Calvert did nor played the same time on ice. Belmare was a solid 
10 plus minute fourth line center value. If you listen to the other team's season review podcast, see how many had a close to double digit goal getting fourth line center. Most didn't. Of those, that also led his team by over 5% in faceoff win percentage. Additionally, 7% in Belmare's case. There's none. Postseason, 10 games played, 3 assists, 3 points, 10 minutes, 11 seconds, average time on ice, 58 out of 100. Logan O'Connor, 10 minutes, 56 seconds, average time on ice, 22 games played, 3 goals, 2 assists, 5 points, plus minus plus 6. I had a higher expectation for O'Connor this past year at 24. In Matt Calvert's absence, there was an opportunity for O'Connor to fill a needed fourth line energy role that he showed promise of in the playoff bubble the year prior to being able to probably play. He was injured at the end of March and had surgery for a lower body injury and returned for two postseason games in the Vegas series. O'Connor's five points in 22 regular season games played is well under the expected benchmark. He may have been playing with the injury, but it wasn't impactful. The expectation for replacing Calvert's quality of play falls in the ungraded forward depth after the overall bottom six grade. O'Connor still will develop more and he will need to to stick as an everyday NHLer even in Colorado's bottom six. I believe he will, but this past year Colorado needed him to be there already and he wasn't quite ready yet. Postseason two games played, zero points, 11 minutes, 30 seconds average time on ice, 49 out of 100. Overall 60.9 out of 100 weighted. There were enough injuries, notably Matt Calvert that affected the quality of the fourth line and players such as Tyson Jost having to play up the lineup while Jonas Donskoy played up the lineup. The ungraded forward depth was of comparable value save for top prospect Alec Newhook's six games during the regular season. Colorado managed to drop in forward quality by limiting time on ice. Still the bottom six regulars did provide secondary scoring while a player or two shy of the playing forward 12 complement we never fully saw. Credit to both Coach Bednar and the system play with the Colorado Eagles for the ability to plug and play and stay atop the NHL standings. Ungraded forward depth Matt Calvert 13 minutes 49 seconds average time on ice 18 games played 3 assists 3 points plus minus minus 2. Calvert suited up in only 18 games played before an undisclosed injury ended his season as talked about earlier in the podcast. His 3 points in 18 games played was not to the double digit goals of the year prior and that half point production and energy as well as penalty kill duty play that I often use as what is a value bottom six player. Calvert's 25 points in 50 games played the season prior are a good benchmark of evaluating a quality value bottom six player at because that's ideal and rare to get from a low minute player. Kiefer Sherwood, eight minutes, 48 seconds, average time on ice, 16 games played, three assists, three points, plus minus plus two. Sherwood in a shorter sample size was relatively as good as O'Connor in a fourth line capacity. Sherwood didn't grab a hold of the spot and make an possible to take him out of the lineup either at 26 he is in his prime years and o'connor still in a down year was a better option sherwood is organizational forward depth for injury spot duty carl soderberg 12 minutes 31 seconds average time on ice 11 games played two assists two points plus minus zero former colorado vet center soderberg came over at the deadline from chicago he had seven goals 15 points and 34 games played while in chicago and was a good bottom six value he wasn't as good for colorado 
Colorado by comparison. He was a reliable fourth line option for Chicago, and he just didn't have that same impact that he did in Chicago's bottom six positively, and it wasn't there once he was in Colorado after the trade. Postseason, four games played, one goal, one assist, two points, nine minutes, 29 seconds, average time on ice. Alex Newhook, 13 minutes, 41 seconds, six games played, three assists, three points, plus minus plus five. Top center prospect, 20-year-old Newhook, looked good in his audition of six games played, even in a top nine role, and he really does project as a top six NHL player. What he did show is that his skill set is rather complete, and he is closer than I would have thought to be serious consideration for a regular lineup spot. Liam O'Brien, 6 minutes 34 seconds average time on ice, 12 games played, 3 assists, 3 points, plus minus plus 1. O'Brien really brought grit as a minor league vet. He just wouldn't be fun to play against, has decent speed, and a toughness that Colorado had little of in its forward group lineup. I even thought, although he didn't see any postseason games played, Colorado, in playing St. Louis and Vegas, actually could have used O'Brien's insertion. Colorado chose to go with more skilled player options instead. Jason Magna, 10 minutes, 15 seconds average time on ice, 7 games played, 2 assists, 2 points, plus minus plus 2. Magna in 5 less games played didn't provide me with the same memories as I have of O'Brien playing. At 31, Magna has size, play center, and is a bigger body option. That his average time on ice was just over 10 minutes a game, and I don't recall him impacting much, is 1. The small sample size, and 2. I didn't see anything that made me say he should play more. Martin Kaut, 8 minutes average time on ice, 5 games played, 0 points, plus minus, minus 1. In the five games played by Kaut, he's 21. He played very limited time on ice. He also needs more time developing with the Colorado Eagles in the American Hockey League before he competes for a regular roster spot on an NHL team. Sheldon Dries, seven minutes, 49 seconds average time on ice, three games played, zero points, plus minus, plus one. Organizational center depth at 27 in the least average time on ice of the playing forwards for Colorado. I honestly, thinking back, also don't recall him being impactful even in fourth line duty to stay in Colorado's lineup. He did put up 21 goals with the Colorado Eagles in the American Hockey League the year prior. Forward group overall, 73.2 out of 100 weighted. The top line production was simply not matched by most NHL teams and that with a solid secondary scoring even through injuries that required a lot of spot duty plug and play still had the goal production to be the NHL's most in Colorado. Colorado's power play was also 8th in the NHL, but Colorado did score 5-on-5 in the regular season. That balance wasn't as good in the postseason. When the power play dried up in round two versus Vegas, Colorado wasn't able to keep winning games. The regular season, Colorado wasn't dependent on the power play en route to the President's Trophy. For some reason versus St. Louis and Vegas in the playoffs, it was the difference between winning and losing. Overall team player grade, 77.1 out of 100. Final thoughts, Colorado is the eighth and final team of the 2020-21 season reviews for the teams that make up the NHL Central Division that Arizona joins this season. In addition to the team-focused year-end podcast, there will be a complimentary team-focused podcast, the Free Agency Colorado Team Podcast. Each team in the Central Division will have one that looks at the players that are returning that we have just graded, those who are unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, or potentially traded if they haven't been before we get to that Free Agency Podcast. You have to think of the year-end podcast as a roster look at the year that was, the basis for Central Division Hockey, the podcast's opinion for each 
each team for the expansion draft, the NHL draft, and free agency are based to follow off of the team reviews for each one. I will build off from this point. That's why, while trades have occurred for some teams that will be included in the next podcast for each team, those are essentially the start of next year's changes already in progress. Remember, this podcast goes into depth for eight teams, not one. Would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com slash holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com slash holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com slash holiday. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 